Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Media Vote Podcast after what's been a ridiculous day uh, that feels like 15 years of history happened in a uh, eight-hour period. Uh, my name is Matt. His name is Mike. I don't know why I'm doing the intros before I say what this podcast is. Because I'm Mike. <laughs> He's Matt. This is the Media Boat Podcast, season yes. six. This is the Media Boat Podcast. Welcome to 2020. Welcome to season six. The Welcome to what year? year? Huh? Welcome to what year? Oh, Jesus. 2021. <laughs> It's already happening. So you know how, like, on your like school papers, you keep writing. Yeah, 20, you just cross just, out that zero. Make the um, one into a zero, and all <laughs> elapsed O. Uh, yes, welcome to twenty twenty one. This is the beginning of season six for the Media Boat Podcast. And if somehow you're just now joining us, what is the Media Boat Podcast? Media Boat Podcast is a podcast about the media, but specifically about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order. It's our opportunity to tell you about news from all four of those uh, subjects, as well as thoughts, our thoughts about new, or maybe sometimes old, depending on how slow the news week is, uh, (laughs) um, things that we uh, have been enjoying or not enjoying, depending on the thing. So yeah, um, let's get right into it. Today, uh, yeah, has been a lot just to just to um, say at the top of the show, uh, we are aware of the events at the Capitol in D.C. today. We um, are? Yes. No, it's not a question. It's we are. Yes, we are. Um, as is, I'm sure, anybody listening to this. Um, yeah, I mean, all I can really say in uh, to summarize it is that this is just, uh, just further History? proof of the boiling underbelly of uh, white supremacy and uh, that has been bolstered but not created by Donald Trump and his administration. Um, this has been something that's been brewing way before uh, Trump was in office and we should have seen this coming, honestly. The president kept um, encouraging his followers to support his completely baseless attack on the electoral uh, system that um, elected Joe Biden as our next president. Um, And yeah, this is just going to be the way it is for the next 14 days until uh, um, our new administration is in office. And we're going to keep seeing stuff like that beyond this, because like I've said on this podcast a billion times before, 2021, the Biden administration that'll be coming in, um, none of this, this is an instant miracle pill it's not going to fix ever all our issues these issues are deep these issues are set in stone in the like formation of what america is and yeah we're just gonna have to deal with these idiots and find a way to eradicate this thought process so that way this doesn't happen anytime soon again um and yeah our uh, my hearts uh, my uh, thoughts go out to the people uh, versus who everybody forget who are responsible for cleaning up the mess today in the Capitol. And if anybody's out in the streets of DC, um, try to avoid um, any strange characters, try to stay safe. I don't know. That's all I have to say about it. Any comment? Um, do we comment <laughs> on poli- pol- politics here? Because we are a media book podcast. Yeah, but I just figured that like we had we should say something about it because it was kind of a big deal. Um, Is it? Have, no, it's just another boring Wednesday. A, <laughs> have a what's essentially a terrorist coup. 
uh, kind of a kind of thing uh, that we should talk about. But now, with that done, we can talk about what we're here for: uh, media, because this is the Media Boat Podcast, and we always start the Media Boat Podcast with movies. So even in 2021, we have no box office to cover. Five million for Wonder Woman, 1984. But you can stay home and watch that, which yeah, I you can. don't recommend either because the movie sucks. Let's yes, move on. If you would like to hear our thoughts, we have a <laughs> yes. podcast up where we go in depth yes. why you should not watch that movie. And yeah, apparently, don't bother. Don't bother our thoughts uh, matter because my sister <laughs> took, heeded our word and decided not to watch Wonder Woman 1984. Good call. Uh, neither did my roommates uh, uh, after I... Well, they weren't going to anyways, but my um, opinion kind of solidified. They're like, okay, yeah, they definitely we're not going to watch it. So what we're saying is our opinions matter. To some people, yes. <laughs> we uh, have the influence. Six seasons and we have it. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually. It, ha- it was going to happen at some point. So let's move on then out of the box office and into movie news. We got a couple of similar stories for you today. In fact, a recurring theme through today's podcast will be uh, this exact subject, which is, uh, hey, uh, California is a hotbed of disease still, in fact, even worse than before. So events that were scheduled to take place very soon are being pushed back. The first of which, the SAG-AFTRA Joint Policy Committee um, are going to uh, recommend a temporary hold on on in-person production amid the pandemic. They say, quote, in light of the capacity crisis facing Southern California hospitals due to the COVID pandemic and an anticipated post-holiday surge of COVID cases, SAG-AFTRA and television producers have reached agreement on recommending a temporary hold on in-person production in Southern California. The major studios and streamers are already on production hiatus in Southern California until mid-January. So we had reported previously that production had more or less continued in uh, Los Angeles. But like this story says, there was another pause thanks to the uptick in uh, COVID numbers. SAG-AFTRA also encouraged its members in Southern California to, quote, stay home and refrain from accepting onset employment for the next several weeks. Adding, in the event that a Southern California area SAG-AFTRA member is required to work during the next few weeks and has concerns about their safety on their set, they are encouraged to reach out to the union. Yeah, we didn't. We did see this coming. Yeah, fortunately, yeah. Uh, with the uptick in COVID cases, as our next case, our next uh, story will, you know, bring to light. <laughs> this is not a surprise. No. Following uh, a holiday season where people were told not to travel. And they did. People traveled. Yep. And cases rose. I mean, if they've met, if, even if they hadn't, just the nature of this uh, pandemic, we knew that there was going to be a, a bump in the winter. Um, we knew that months ago. So, yeah, this, this was inevitable. Um, so, yeah, if you're right, this somebody is... who is working on a production uh, set, make sure it's safe. And if you're, if you're not required to show up, then, uh, yeah, stay home. This is also this isn't just for Southern California as well, but also in the UK with the new strain of the coronavirus, those productions are being halted as well. That is true. I and that... the uh, what I see the Doctor Strange uh, mm. sequel has halted production. Okay, because of it. And that uh, that new strain is actually 
gone all over the place at this point. They found it in San Diego as recently as last week. Um, so yeah, stay safe. I mean, we don't have to tell you that. You should know that already. <laughs> uh, our next story, like I said, is similar. The Sundance Film Festival will not move forward with drive-in movie screenings uh, as originally planned. Uh, in Southern California due to the state's alarming increase in COVID-19 infections and deaths. Los Angeles area venues, the Rose Bowl and the Mission Tiki Drive-In, <coughs> excuse me, uh, were meant to accommodate a large number of show business <coughs> types. But given the staggering rate of infection in California, the festival told filmmakers they cannot move forward. They said, quote, the safety and well-being of our audiences, community and staff is the most important thing to the Sundance Institute and the Sundance Film Festival. In consideration of the overall public health situation in Los Angeles and the trajectory of the spread of the virus there, the health guidelines and crisis the hospital systems are facing, we will be pivoting our planned drive-in screenings to our online platform, a festival spokesperson said. On Monday, California reportedly report, recorded 39,194 new COVID-19 cases. Yeah, those aren't old cases. Those aren't recurring cases. That's not a buildup. New cases. Those are new single day cases. Now, yes, you can argue that you're safer in your car in a drive-in theater. But having been to a drive-in theater, if you need to go to the bathroom or if you want to go get snacks or at any point leave your car, you will then be heavily surrounded by a bunch of people. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's not, it's only safe if you don't leave your car, pretty much. It's still risky. It's still taking risk. Um, so it's not recommended if you don't absolutely need to see a movie right now. And you absolutely do not need to see a movie <laughs> unless it's one of our top films of 2020, which you can view. Which uh, almost all of them are streaming, I think, except for Tenet. Yes, well, I mean, that's streaming soon, but still, yeah. our top movie, you can stream now turns out in the comfort of your home so yeah our top two uh, movies yeah all three sometimes depending on who you ask depends <laughs> um so yeah uh this is smart on sundance's part why not like why bother even trying if there's a potential risk so yeah don't blame them right let's just basically this is the follow-up to where we reported sundance doing drive-in theaters right uh across the country not going to be doing it in uh, california now Okay, well, with that, did you watch any movies? I would say released in calendar year 2021, but that's kind of impossible. So did you watch any relatively recent movies this week? I was going to say, this is the first yeah. weekend, so yeah. kind of up in the air. Mm -hmm. So the answer will be no. But I do have my eyes on that Tiger Woods documentary premiering on HBO this upcoming Sunday. Okay. So we'll talk about that. We'll be talking about that next week. Next week, perhaps. Um, yeah, I don't have any movies. I did everything else but watch a movie this week. So let's move on into television. And we always start television with Sports Corner. Dun, 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 dun. Ba, ba, ba. Yeah, we don't have a theme song for that. We should. Not yet. Six seasons in, we still don't have a Sports Corner. We don't have a Sports song. Drop. Um, so. Today, in the Sports Corner, we have a little bit of a, a special feature for you today. We're going to talk about 
college football in detail. Ooh, are we? Well, kind of. Uh, first up, the NCAA championship, NCAA, to be clear, championship is set. It will be all Alabama versus Ohio, the Ohio State. You always I believe, have to put the Ohio State. I believe this is not what you called. I believe is, you said that Ohio would lose. Yes, this is exactly what I called, uh, that Ohio <laughs> State would lose to uh, Clemson. And that didn't happen. No, it did not. Uh, but because he did lose the NCAA championship game, or maybe not because he did lose it, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence has declared for the NFL draft. He will most yeah. likely be the number one pick this upcoming year. That makes sense. Not to be outdone from, I guess now he's a former Heisman contestant. Um. Kyle Trask, quarterback of Florida, has also declared for the draft. Okay, well, so the the heat starts turning on for the draft. Yes, Uh, uh, that championship game will be this upcoming Monday. Okay. At least that's what it's scheduled for, as Mm -hmm. there are cases that are flaring up in Alabama and Ohio State. Yeah. Is currently scheduled for Monday. It will currently go on Monday. It can still be postponed. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Because we'll see what as we've reported that. here, the main uh, gripe against Ohio State being considered for the national championship game was because they had a lot of players test positive and only played five games the whole season. Mm, okay. We had also reported on Alabama testing players testing positive during spring training during summer training leading up into football and then their head coach himself nick saban had tested positive as well yeah so i don't really feel comfortable rewarding either of these teams a trophy (sighs) yeah but that's kind of what we expected when they decided to do college football in the first place right is that like there was no way to do this without this being an issue yes so so but one of them but um speaking of the aforementioned heisman trophy we have a new one our newest heisman winner and this is the uh in-depth reporting that i was referring to earlier yes is devonta smith a wide receiver here's some facts about devonta smith first up he's the first non-quarterback to win since 2015 when derrick henry won who Derek Henry was on my fantasy team and should have won me a championship. <laughs> and yet. Well, no, he did. I mean, I just <laughs> fantasy football. Fuck you, Derek Carr. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And your Anyways. goddamn growing injury. <laughs> All right. Still better. Enough, enough, uh, enough airing of grievances. We did that already. Oh, I will air that grievance until <laughs> I die. <laughs> just one year. You have plenty of other years to make up for this. Next up, he is the first wide receiver to win since 1991 when Desmond Howard won. That one was a surprise. Yeah. I Next mean, up, you he's expect the first... quarterbacks to win and running backs to win. So, yeah. yeah. And Next up, he's the first guy named Smith, last name Smith, since Troy Smith in 2006, who was a great running back. And then. Last but definitely not least in the fun fact category. He's the first guy with a capital V in his name since Vinny Testaverde won in 1986. And 
That's a name that I recognize. I know that's a name you recognize. <laughs> that's a name everyone should recognize. Yeah. <laughs> At least, you know, growing up in the 90s in football. Vinny Testaverde. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Um, so congratulations to Devonta Smith. Uh, we'll see how he ends up. <laughs> uh, yep, I assume he will probably be one of the top picks top five if not at least top uh, top 10 i would okay. assume because why would you pass on a heisman trophy winning receiver yeah speaking of heisman uh trophy uh, winning uh, uh players the the aforementioned derrick henry uh made some headlines in the nfl this week by rushing 2,000 yards yes he did it he crossed the 2,000 yard uh, in a season rushing, won the rushing title with that. Did not win me a fantasy championship with it, <laughs> but he <laughs> is the yes, top runner. Yes, we get runner. it. We got it. Yes, he is the top runner in uh, the NFL this year. Well, Coming in at number two was um, Cook. Jared Cook. <laughs> Something Cook. Got it. Yeah. Uh, Cook in uh, the Minnesota Vikings mm-hmm. with 1,500 yards. Oh. So, wow, that's kind of a big gap, 500 yards between them. Yep. Because Derrick Henry runs over everybody. Yeah. If you've seen uh, anything on Twitter about it, he basically like just has that stiff arm that throws people to the ground. Uh, that'll do that'll it. Do it. It turns out that'll extend your run uh, quite yes, a bit. Speaking of extending a run, the NFL playoff weekend is upon us. There will be six games for these playoffs. And uh, yeah, so tune in if your team is still in it. Yep. These are the extended playoffs. First year they're doing it. Um, we get six games on Saturday. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. six games. Three, six games this weekend. Three on Saturday, three on Sunday. The Packers and the Chiefs each have a bye in the AFC and NFC, respectively. And we are chugging our way into playoff football. All right. Also of note, um, Jonathan Taylor, running back of the Colts, crossed 1,000 rushing yards. Cool. And I need JT. JTT. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. No, 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 no. That's what his nickname is on my team. (laughs) And lastly of note, um, Justin Jefferson, rookie, Justin Jefferson on the Minnesota Vikings, 1,400 receiving yards as a rookie has not been done since Randy Moss as a rookie. So basically keep an eye on that guy. Basically, he's going to be the next big star. Sounds like it. Assuming they get a competent quarterback other than Kirk Cousins. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Take that, that Kirk being Cousins. said, Kirk Cousins did throw him the ball to Something. get 1,400 yards. Yeah, exactly. So maybe that, that's a fruitful relationship. We'll just have to see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. Um, so early, uh, early any early picks for uh, the playoffs here? Who do you think is going to go all the way? Uh, it's going to be a Rams-Colts Super Bowl. You hope. You I wish. Hope. <laughs> Man. Hey, you're after my opinion. I'm giving you my I know, supremely I'm just... biased opinion. Yeah, what if, wow, what if? What if that happens? You're going to be so torn. 
No, I'm rooting for the offense. <laughs> good, good save. Rooting for the big play. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Taking it rooting to the house. Us, rooting for the snacks on uh, game day. <laughs> rooting for the ads, you know. Anyway. Yeah, you root for the ads. You always root for the ads. I always root for the ads, and they're all, they always disappoint me. <laughs> anyway. Anything else in sports before we move on to television news? Uh, basketball is going swimmingly. Hockey has reported. Um, mm-hmm. Real quickly in hockey notes, the USA has won the Junior World yes. Championship. I saw that this morning. And hockey will begin in one week on the 13th. Well, get ready for more hockey soon. Okay, well with that, let's move right on into television news proper. Got a couple of weird ones for you this week, but uh, but I love them. Oh, they're, I they're love weird. the second one. <laughs> they're weird. Yes, yes, we'll get there. But before we get there, uh, we can talk about something that eh, we saw coming. So uh, Viacom um, used to be a holdout on a lot of the streaming uh, live, live streaming services. Uh, no longer. They've sort of been going one by one and uh, delivering their channels and content to each one of these services. And Hulu is the newest one. Live TV subscribers for Hulu will finally get Viacom cable channels as part of their lineup. Viacom CBS announced a new multi-year distribution agreement with Hulu, under which Hulu's live TV subscription serving ser- uh, streaming service will add 14 cable networks. Those include BET, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon, Paramount Network, VH1, CMT, Nick Jr., TV Land, BET Her, MTV2, Nicktoons, Teen Nick, and MTV Classic. If that list sounds familiar, it's the same list a lot of other streaming yes. services got. This just puts them at parity with stuff like YouTube TV. The companies declined to specify the date when which those, uh, those networks will be available to the Hulu Plus Live TV customers. And this comes almost a year since the deal was made with Google to allow those shows, uh, those shows and networks on YouTube TV. In Viacom CBS's first year as a combined company, it has also inked renewals with pay TV providers, including Comcast, Dish Network, and Verizon. So needless to say, these classic channels are not going anywhere, and they're going to be easier to see than ever. Um, I guess whatever the um, old guard uh, had against wide distribution uh, with this new merger uh, have been convinced otherwise, because it seems like now you can't throw a a brick without hitting some sort of Viacom network. Well, because they were split between Viacom owning it and CBS owning it. Now it's all one package because one parent got together with the other parent. Yep. So yeah, this is um, not really shocking as um, this was implied by when Hulu um, did their pay, like their um, price raise that there was a reason behind it. And sure enough, this is probably what they were prepping you for. So it makes sense. Right. Instead of doing it when the new channels come, they just yeah. did it at the beginning of the year, knowing this deal was, was in, in the, the books. In the cooker. And they just had to wait for the year, probably, of exclusivity wore out for YouTube. Right. And by saying that will be coming sometime this year, I assume that will be April 1st, beginning of the new fiscal year. Yeah. Because a lot of things will be coming shutting down come March 31st including Periscope, which I found out today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fine. Nobody uses it, so no one will notice. Well, no, but do expect Twitter to feature a live function starting April 1st yeah. because of it. 
Too bad they didn't have it today. Oh, that's why I downloaded Periscope and found that out. <laughs> Anyways, thanks. <laughs> Let's move on to our second story, which is um, a little bit lighter fare after this dour show that we've had. Well, it can be lighter, but we can also use curse words. You know? <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. And that explicit tag. <laughs> We're going to talk about Caillou. Caillou. Yes. Can, can we say fuck Caillou? You can. Okay, I can. And I will. <laughs> you just did. Yes, but I will again in the future. Just <laughs> warning you. So if you don't know what Caillou is, uh, first of all, congratulations. You've lived a cleaner life than the rest of us. <laughs> but if you do, uh, you'd know that is a PBS Kids program. PBS Kids, though, announced on social media Tuesday, so yesterday, that the much maligned animated series, which is centered on its precocious four-year-old namesake and his family for more than two decades, will be no more. The Public Television Network even offered viewers coping tips on how to tell young fans about the cancellation. Instead of sadness, though, the news sparked cheers of snarky joy from adult detractors on social media. The rise of Caillou backslash reached a crescendo three years ago when parents started pointing out that the series lacks educational value <laughs> and instead teaches children bad habits such as sass and tantrums. So what is your beef with Caillou? Do you have a personal beef or are you just getting on the internet uh, bandwagon here? Uh, I'm with the internet bandwagon here. I don't watch Caillou, but... The clips that have been shown uh, throughout the internet as to explain why Caillou is a bad and poor influence on young children (laughs) who are susceptible to copying what they see. Monkey Mm -hmm. see, monkey do. Don't call them monkeys. How dare you? Child see, child do. (laughs) Do in the panties. Mm -hmm. In the diapers. Whoa, I was going to say, where are we going with this? The, the doo-doo in the diapers. So the Canadians call it? Yes. That's right. Caillou is Canadian. Caillou is a very Cana- French-Canadian name, so I guess that he was Canadian. Um. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, yeah, so yes. Uh, this is just a Caillou. bye-bye, farewell. The show can now be written off into a endless fuck Caillou <laughs> storm that the One internet thing has I- provided. One thing I will say about Caillou, though, is that the theme song is actually kind of kind of okay. <laughs> it's the only I've never seen an episode of Caillou, but I've heard the theme song, and I'm like, yeah, it's an okay, it's an okay theme song. I expect <laughs> uh, this to somehow be a segment on the upcoming season of John Oliver. <laughs> I want to see him. Yeah, vehemently expressed hatred towards him. Caillou. All right, now that we've talked about Caillou. Time to talk about a couple of thoughts. Did you watch any television uh, before I jump into a couple of small things? I did. Okay. These are a couple of old shows. Um, I started watching The West Wing. I have not okay. seen The West Wing. I decided I should probably watch The West Wing. And uh, how much walking and talking did you get uh, stuffed into your weekend? They mentioned Amazon.com the third episode. <laughs> Back when it was a bookstore, no less. Yes, they were trying to get a copy of the U.S. Constitution and said, why don't you order it from Amazon.com? Amazon.com, you know, this new thing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I started watching that. I was like, oh, I know that person from this thing. I know that person from mm-hmm. this thing. Yeah, I know that person from this thing. Launched oh, a lot hey, of careers. that's young Nick Offerman. What is he mm-hmm. doing? So, yeah, it's fun taking a stroll down memory lane of, oh, my God, you mm-hmm. eventually became this person. 
just like I was watching a uh, house and realized, oh, wait, that's future uh, Avenger Jeremy Renner in this episode. <laughs> what are you doing here, young actor trying to make it in Hollywood? So are you planning on going through the whole series if you have yeah. the, 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 the determination? Because, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it'll I'm... be interesting to see what holds up and what doesn't because my impression of that show is it's very, very, very Clinton-era political so like i wonder how much of that still works in 2020 or how much of it is very scandal of the time right and you'd be like uh hmm. <laughs> how much uh, how actually like now we know what real scandals are <laughs> do we <laughs> now we've become numb do to we? scandals they don't mean it like they all just got so so ridiculous it doesn't mean anything anymore right because of the show scandal yeah, yes, I mean, Shonda Rhimes is to blame. We all know that. Yes. Speaking of Shonda Rhimes, that is a segue to talk about a couple of things that I watched. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes, thank you for not even trying for that. Oh, um, was I not trying? That's I how this happens. I watched the pilot, the first episode of Netflix's Bridgerton, which uh, happens to be... Bingerton. Yeah. Uh, this is all people can be talking about on the online yeah. now. So, uh... This is a uh, Shonda Rhimes produced Netflix exclusive joint. It is a period piece. Think um, Pride and Prejudice kind of era, like fancy rich families with big poofy dresses going to dances and being courted by gentlemen and dukes. This you sounds like idea. Downton Abbey, but the other uh, side. Yeah, less British. Um, well, actually, I don't know what they are, but anyways, <laughs> um, Combine that and then combine, like, make, smack that right into a, like, like, teen drama, but, like, CW-esque, but, like, also, like, scandal-esque kind of world, and you basically get Bridgerton. So, it's in the period that it is, but the drama is very much, like, you're following these, te- like, maybe young adult girls, so probably in, like, their early 20s as they kind of navigate like being new to to society and being wooed by potential like 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 these dukes who like could be to potentially good for them or could be like terrible for them and it's that kind of show um why i said teen drama is because the first thing you are introduced to with this show is a gossip girl style narrator that's what I was going to suggest. Is this just Gossip Girl so, in Downton Abbey? It's not exactly that. It does have elements of that because the aforementioned narrator does actually run a tabloid of sorts, like a pamphlet that somehow mysteriously appears and everybody reads to each other that talks about the gossip of the day. So to that extent, yes, there is an element of Gossip Girl here. But it's not all the way that direction. Like I said, these are not teenagers. Um, these are young adults. Um, yeah. It, I mean, what's the line there, really? When you're a 25-year-old um, playing a, a young adult. I mean, actually, it's cast pretty young. Okay. Um, so 24-year-old playing a young I actually adult. thought that they looked younger than they are supposed to be, to be fair. But whatever. Um, so, yeah, if that sounds interesting to you, if you like the idea of a a show about like the gossip and society like issues of rich people in the 1800s then maybe you'd like this i don't know 
uh i probably won't continue watching this but friend of the show christy is addicted and will continue so i i've read that a lot of people are addicted to it um it's it's shot really uh it's shot really interesting it's 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 very colorful bright show and uh yeah there's some interesting things going on with it but i'm probably not going to continue Shonda Rhimes isn't known for doing bright and colorful, though. No, which is it makes this interesting, uh, like kind of um, um, new kind of thing for her. Uh, it's it's an, a good looking show. It's all over the place, which is cool. Now, I believe this will be her first show in the Netflix Inked deal, multi year deal. I correct? believe that is correct. Yes. Okay. So this is only the uh, the tip of the iceberg, the Shonda Rhimes iceberg, and I'm sure we'll see more very okay. soon. All right. Uh, speaking of more, though, I also dipped in my toes into something that I want to talk about real briefly here, uh, which is Discovery Plus, yet another streaming service. So we've talked about how Discovery Plus is throwing its non-proverbal hat in the ring of <laughs> yes. extra streaming services. Yeah, that hat that the, uh, Steve Irwin used to wear on the Crocodile Hunter is, uh, yeah, they're throwing that one in. Um, I say that specifically because that is one of the many, many, many shows that are all collected here on uh, on uh, Discovery Plus for a surprisingly low price. So let me pitch this to you. So are you the kind of person who would be interested in watching every episode of Media Boat Favorite, Guy Fieri's uh, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives? Yes, as long as... Um... There are no commercials. Uh-huh. And what about all the episode of Guy Fieri, all the episodes of Guy Fieri's Guy's Grocery Games? Again, as long as there are no commercials. This is something what if I'd I like told... to put on in the out in yeah. when I can't find anything else to put on. Say, do you have somebody in the household that would maybe want to see every episode of Say Yes to the Dress Atlanta? Not Atlanta, but <laughs> Say Yes to the Dress. Well, we'll get there in a second. Because there's an asterisk to that one. Okay. I can't say yes quite to that to, one. To, to that to dress. That dress. Uh, are you maybe somebody who would just want to see um, every episode of the Animal Planet series Too Cute, where it's just baby animals all day? Well, I like baby animals. So if you said yes to any of those things, or if you're one of those, uh, um, um, let's say, perverts who enjoy 90 Day Fiancé, and wants extras behind the scenes extras to that show. Uh, Looking at you, friends. Mark. Yeah, page, paging friends of the show, Mark and Nicole. Um, <laughs> if you're any of those people, if you that checks in your box, then boxes, then uh, Discovery Plus actually might be up your alley. So my initial thought with this thing is like, well, why would I need this if these shows are already on services like Hulu and Netflix? Like, why do I need this? Which so, would be my question is, yes, you, I already have cable. Mm-hmm. When I'm not watching sports, I'm usually watching one of these channels. Why so, would I get a new streaming service to take me away from cable? Here's the answer to that. Is the ad-free package is only $8 a month, which puts it in parity with Disney+. Plus. Yes. But what you're getting easily seems triple the amount of material on Disney+. Plus. I'm not even kidding. I looked into the catalog of this stuff. There, every show you could think of is in some sort of representation here. And there is a section that says every episode ever where you can see specifically what the series that they have the complete collections for, for each of the channels. And yes, they have every episode of all those shows that I said. They don't have every episode of 
of say yes to the dress, which is what I suggested earlier. But there is coming, there is going to be a channel within Disney, uh, Disney, Discovery Plus that will have every episode of Say Yes to the Dress, but in a channel like random shuffle mode. So you won't be able to choose. It'll just be this constant stream. Now, this is one of the things that I like about Peacock is that it has the channel mode where it does randomly shuffle episodes. We talked about back when Peacock launched about that being a really interesting thing. And it looks like Discovery Plus is the first um, post-Peacock channel to try some of that. And it looks like they are doing uh, some version of that as well. So, um, yeah, there's a lot in this thing for the price that you pay. Uh, to the point where I started just re- reading off to friend of the show, Christy, and she was like, yeah, no, sign up for this because I will pay half of it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, just to have any of the Food Network shows just on, on like, demand is just that's enough of a of a reason for us people who really enjoy that content to just to want this so every episode of good eats every episode of cutthroat kitchen every episode Ooh. like that's the thing right is like eventually it'll get to yeah. one show that you're like okay all the hgtv stuff so if you want to dig deep into the property brothers catalog you can mm-hmm. house hunters international like there's so much in this service and also because they have Discovery Channel stuff, and if you need something to show off your new 4K TV, they've got all of the Planet Earth stuff. Blue Planet, Frozen Planet, built into this thing. Plus archived content. So there's a reason why I mentioned the Crocodile Hunter. Because old-ass Discovery Channel stuff is in this thing. Yeah. <laughs> like... I feel bad because we were supposed to be like, oh, yet another streaming service. Boring. This is sucks. But this one's a good one. And it's such a niche market for this. It's such a specific audience for this thing that I think people are going to skip it thinking that there's not enough content. But there is a lot of content in here. There's a lot of content for that kind of live reality style TV. Yes. And that's what Discovery Plus is. People know the Discovery name of pretty much all the other shows that are on there. Yeah. I think it's a good package. I'm never kind of doubted it being a good package, (laughs) mainly because every channel that I watch, outside of it being a sports channel, is a Discovery Plus channel that they offer. Um, My main hesitation is that, yes, it is just yet another streaming service. And, yes, I've already signed up for four others, five others. Right. Does it make sense to sign up for another one when I have all the content on all these other stuff that I'm clearly paying for but not watching? So I want to add another one for it. So the answer to that question is, how much longer is that stuff going to be there? Because if biggest networks have their way, I'm sure you'll see slowly them coming off of the other services. So the other thing is, is that, hey, they let four screens stream this thing at the same time, so I'll just text you the login. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. <laughs> don't, tell, don't tell them that I said that. What do you so, mean? It's just a, a Christmas present. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Let's call it a gift. Let's call it a gift. Why not? No, yeah, I'll, I'll add you. But, but yeah, I think that there's enough in here that I say, hey, give it a try. There's a seven-day free trial, so that way uh, people who don't have the connection – uh, can give it a shot and see if there's enough content for them to want to continue paying for it. Okay. Um, I will give it a shot. Yeah. 
I mean, it is something that I did consider at one point. But like I said, I prefer watching those shows as I'm scrolling by. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, now this is on. Not, I'm going to specifically watch this kind of show. The interesting thing about uh, about the dry, diners, drive-ins, and dives, though, is that you can pin if you know, hey, a local place has been on been on the show once. You can actually finally pinpoint which episode that was and watch that one specifically. Oh, now you have my interest here. Exactly. So that is the kind of a cool thing. So say for somebody who I don't know, once the pandemic is resolved, is going to go maybe travel and visit every football stadium. Maybe this helps the person. I don't know who that person would be. um, Find a cool place to eat while they're in town. Right. Instead of looking at Yelp. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want the Guy guy Fieri experience. Be my guide. (laughs) Yeah. Let Guy guy help you out. Uh, Such a good guy. (laughs) <laughs> he really is alright let's move on though because I didn't watch uh, anything else one last thing I did watch or at least I tried to watch okay your number one show of last year okay close enough you tried why did you fail <laughs> uh, so we were trying to find something to watch and I was like oh let's let me put this show on Matt mm. said he really liked it <laughs> Put on episode one. Yeah. Guess how long they lasted. Oh, no. (laughs) To like the first, like the first interstitial to like the first after the first 15 minutes. Not even the first 15 minutes. Okay. Five minutes, five to 10 minutes into it. They were both out of the room. Wow. I'm sorry. Well, you tried. It's not for everybody. I feel like I may have started episode two with the Logan's Run episode. Oh, that's the best. Oh, I'll be quiet. I, I think that's one of the strongest ones, though. But, you know, you start at the beginning. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, if I remember correctly, the, the first episode's not not as strong as it gets. The, the, yeah, it's a quilted, quicker, quicker episode. Yeah, that one's not that great. The The better ones are later, but still. I guess if that if you're already like not on board, it won't grab you. So, oh well, worth a, it was worth a shot. Hey, I, I shot my shot with it. I tried. <laughs> I tried for you. It's okay. It's okay. We can't ev- be evangelizers for everything. Evangelists? Yeah, evangelizer is not a word. Televigilance? <laughs> Vigilantes? Vigilantes. No, that's something else. Let's move on. Why don't me and why don't we until into cancellations and renewals? All right, we might no longer watching besides the news tonight. Oh Lord, yeah. Let's not even. Uh, let's scoop, skip, scoop, uh, skip that. And uh, oh, do I need to refresh this because there's no cancellations and renewals on this list? Uh, yes, there are no cancellations um, because <laughs> it is the holiday. Of January into, yeah, first of the year, there was nothing announced, <laughs> canceled except for Caillou, which we covered. Yes, we covered we covered Caillou. He was so canceled that we had him in his own news story. <laughs> but we do have one death to talk about, just real briefly. Although and then let's not it talk was, about it, and then let's talk about it again. Yeah, although it was very confusing because it was an on again, off again situation. Uh, Tanya Roberts, age 65, an actress, uh, was in A View to, the, View to a Kill, Charlie's Angels, That 70s Show. 
um, was originally reported by TMZ to have passed. And then that was detracted after her representation said she was not dead. And then now it's been reconfirmed that she did die. So she was on ventilator life support, I believe. And then her, was it brother? Basically said his goodbyes, told the publicist he said his goodbyes, mm-hmm. and the publicist took it as she had passed, saying goodbye, uh... rather than, I've said my peace with her, she'll die at any time, possibly. Got it. So That's... it's kind of a uh, rest of development, he's all right kind of uh, scenario. Okay, got it. In a less hilarious and probably the yes. same amount of more comedy as you would expect from it. Yeah, not it was weird. It was definitely not how you'd want a death reported. Uh, but hey, these are weird and then, times. Like 24 hours later, it was confirmed by the hospital. Yeah. That she had passed. Well, anyways, let's move on. Okay, out of out deaths. Of that fumbling. Yeah, nice. out of the deep depression out into uh some happy news let's oh, talk about music other cancellation note that i have here no i don't see anything nope nothing 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 to see here moving on no, no, this one no no no, no we no. already talked about it no. anyways <laughs> let's talk about music why don't we hey let's talk about music why don't we uh we always start music with the billboard and we start the billboard with the hot 100 and we're done with Christmas music. Oh, we're done with Thankfully, Christmas music. It's over. Yeah, but that does mean that a lot of repeats have crept their way back into the top five. Yeah, it's the revenge of the November chart, I think, is Including, what we're seeing here. But not limited to yeah. Mood by 24 Golden featuring Ian Dior. You know what? I'm, this song has grown on me over the last few months. I think it's catchy. I think it's fun. I, you can see why it's number one. Yeah, it makes sense that it's been number one for a while because it's it's just a nice little bop. Okay. Uh, number two, Positions by Ariana Grande. Yep. At three, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Back at, into the top five after a long absence. At four, Holy by Justin Bieber featuring Chance the Rapper. Mm-hmm. And at five, Dynamite by BTS. This is sort of a... Top five of 2020, if you eh, will. Not really, but the last quarter of 2020, certainly. At least the last quarter, but yeah. yeah. Kind of a return to form. A little bit. Speaking of return to form, Billboard 200. Yeah. And we have a new number one. Whole Lot of Red by Playboy Cardi. We'll be talking about this a little later, I assume. We'll be, I'll be briefly talking about this a little later. <laughs> All right, at number two, Evermore by Taylor Swift. At three, The Voice. This is The Voice. Not that voice. Not that voice, but The Voice by Lil Durk. (laughs) At four, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon by Pop Smoke. And rounding out your top five, Positions by Ariana Grande. If you didn't like any of those albums... Tough shit. <laughs> There's no releases. <laughs> yeah, no, no releases still. Another week. Uh, there were some, but they were not big enough to report here. So we'll probably have new music for you to next week. Next week. 
unless someone else decides to randomly drop an album. Yeah, all bets are off at this point. It could happen at any time. Any time. Any point. Any time. Because I was saying point and time, time and point. Time. <laughs> <laughs> any time. Right. Anyway. So what was going to probably be in TV news, but mm-hmm. eh, makes more sense in the music news. The music story. It's a music story. I'll let you have this one. <laughs> I don't want to snipe it from you. Well, thank you. The Grammy Awards are being postponed. Yep. Until March 15th. Hey, that's Pi Day. March 14th. That's what I said. That's Pi Day. Yep. Pi Day. Yep. Uh, due to coronavirus related concerns. Quote After thoughtful con- conversations with health experts, our host and artist scheduled to appear. We are rescheduling the 63rd annual Grammy Awards to be broadcast Sunday, March 14, 2021. The deteriorating COVID situation in Los Angeles, with hospital services being overwhelmed, ICUs having reached capacity, and new guidance from state and local governments have all led us to conclude that postponing our show was the right thing to do. And it is the right thing to do. And everyone should be celebrating this. Except for the SAG Awards, who are also <laughs> on the same day. Yeah, I think that they they did a... Maybe didn't do their research or thought that there wasn't crossover there. Um, and yeah, schedule on the same day. day. It's kind of like showing up to a, uh, a wedding and you're both wearing the same dress. It's not really either your faults, but... No, it's, it's, it's like wearing a white dress to a party and it <laughs> turns into a surprise en- engagement slash wedding ceremony. Perhaps. Uh, less likely, though. Anyway. Very less likely, though. That's <laughs> usually something you plan and send cards out to. Um, yeah, I think this Fill is your like... your friend's like, wall with cards. Yeah, something like lots that. Lots and lots of lots, cards. Lots of cards. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that you're right. I think this is a good call. But also, it makes me think, it's like, really? Were they planning on actually having people at this thing? Uh, because why well, else would the they Grammys postpone had moved it? up to the end of January. Yeah. Not really going to happen this month. Do it like they did the, like, a lot of the award shows last year. I don't think that you're as in danger. But I guess that the presenters were worried enough by it that they were like, yeah, you know what? Let's give it another other couple of months and see what happens. I mean, we did see other award shows with the AMAs and the CMAs. Yeah. Do their COVID style ceremonies with a lack of audience. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is it just makes me wonder how they were intending on doing that January show. If they need to postpone it. Right. I mean, Bizarre. Things really didn't change in the last couple months. You no, and I don't think they're going to change this. much between January and March either. I mean, yeah, a cer- certain percentage of people will be vaccinated, but not to the extent that the protocol will change. Well, let's see. The original date was supposed to be on the 24th, I think. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. Yeah, because that's so, the last yeah. Last Sunday. I don't know. Ultimately, probably a good call, though. Uh, but yeah, it definitely uh, puts a big question mark. So I guess we'll just have to wait until uh, we get album of the year folklore. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Marcel, I'm calling Marcel. it. I'm calling it right here. I continue to call it. You folklore will be your I'll album stick of to the my year. My Dua Lipa album. 
No. Say it's going to beat beat it. No, 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 no. Folklore album of the year. I'm calling it. Calling it. Putting money down. I, I'm saying Dua Lipa. Put like money down. Putting money huh? down on this on on, reco- on our recording. Do you want to do it? All right. We'll, we'll, it. Put, we'll, we'll hold money down. Okay. <laughs> Why are we both wrong though? Uh, okay. So let's let's think of the stipulations here. So, how about twenty dollars? Okay. Either way. So you give me twenty if folklore. I give you twenty if dua. And then it's a wash if nobody if it's something else. Do I get any points? No. No points. No. Okay. Just straight, straight twenty. Just straight up. That's that's how we're doing it. All right, straight up. E-shake? Album. Wait, wait, E-shake. Okay, al- wait, which album category? of the year? Specifically, the album of the year category. Okay. Yeah. All right, you're on. Okay, E-shake. All right, you just witnessed a de- a, a bet happen on on a podcast. That that's not the first time, but first time for us. Let's move on. <laughs> no, we've done that before. <laughs> So yeah, I think it's a good call uh, ultimately to delay it, but yeah, we'll we'll have to see how they do it. Yeah, I mean, expect performances either way. I think they're still probably wrestling with doing a simulcast between. I mean, since it's COVID, performing in will probably be New York, yeah, or Dallas as well as LA. Since yeah, you don't have to be centralized anymore. Right. Right. Right, you can just kind of cut to those performances. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah. Or they're planning to do a performance at the Rose Bowl, but can't do it anymore. Ooh, maybe like an outdoor performance. I since since you can't just do it, since you can do a performance anywhere, you don't have to be in Staples Center. I think that's it. I want to call it right here. There's a performance at <laughs> the Rose Bowl. We're just calling everything right here. We're calling. <laughs> just spree. called everything. <laughs> Just a second, I need to call my mom. Anyways. Hey, your mom's a lovely lady. What's next? (laughs) What's next? Um, Speaking of being hospitalized and hospitalizations, Dr. Dre. Yes, that doctor. The doctor is in. Uh, But not treating patients. No. He is a patient. Or he was. Was. As music mogul, Dr. Dre, can we say billionaire Dr. Dre? I mean, that's a given. He's Dr. Dre. Okay. Uh, <laughs> suffered an apparent brain aneurysm on Monday and is currently receiving treatment at uh, Los Angeles Cedar Sinai Medical Center. His team issued a statement from him Tuesday night saying, quote, thanks to my family, friends, and fans for their interest and well wishes. I'm doing great and getting ex- excellent care from my medical team. I'll be out of the hospital and back home soon. Shout out to all the great medical professionals at Cedars. One love. <laughs> the rapper and producer, whose real name is Andre Young, was reportedly rushed by ambulance to the medical center's intensive care unit on Monday. The prolific producer is currently in, quote, stable and lucid condition. So... Yeah, so I saw this and I thought it was a meme. No, it's real. And I instantly dismissed it because, well, one, TMZ. Mm-hmm. Very questionable source. And two, I saw it on Facebook. Also, very <laughs> questionable source. So no, I didn't buy it at first. But it's real. It happened. It's real. 
Um, I'm glad that he's doing better. Um, but yeah, that was kind of a scary thing to hear me initially. It's like, oh, geez, that's because brain aneurysms are no party. Um, so yeah, I don't know what led to this. Uh, it's kind of unclear about like whether he's had a history of this kind of thing. Um, and yeah, it was kind of shocking. But um, yeah, but he's out now. He's good. He's doing better. And um, kind of the dark side of the story is, yeah, it goes to show you that uh, if you're super, super rich, they'll take care of you really quickly and you'll be in and out in no time. I mean, Cedar sinai is one of the best, if not the best hospital in in the country yeah and dare i say the world if you have the you dare uh and if you have the money to to show up there then yeah they're gonna treat you right turns out and lastly in music news um well side music news nothing quite related but um kim kardashian is divorced again Will uh, be divorced again? So that has not been confirmed, which is why I don't have it here. It's still okay. technically a rumor. Uh, but it seems like from sources that would know um, that, yes, uh, it looks like um, Kim Kardashian will be divorcing Kanye West. Um, like I said, nothing's been finalized yet. Kanye hasn't said any words. Kim hasn't said anything. So, But it seems it seems like it's probably something that will happen. I thought they said that she was taking time away from kanye yeah to better herself that we knew uh, that there was some sort of separation between the two of them that's been going for a little bit he's been in wyoming um Jackson so Hall? yeah i think so so yeah um we all kind of knew that this would happen eventually and you know what good for her <laughs> like i think that i think she sees a sinking ship when she, when she knows she recognizes a sinking ship when she sees one she is her own life preserver i just hope that the kids are oh oh, ouch (laughs) what i don't know if you intended that joke to be spin that spun that way but it kind of came out that way anyways (laughs) Um, however you would like to take it I am concerned about the kids, though. I hope that the kids are okay through this whole process because uh, divorce can mess you up as a small, small child, and those are small, small children that they've got. So, are you speaking from experience there? No, no, no. no. Um, I was fourteen, so or no, oh. seventeen when it happened to me. So, not a diff- completely different situation. Okay, <laughs> I was old enough not to give you to be messed up. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah. So that's why I didn't have that story here, is because it's kind of not a story yet. But we'll report okay. on it when it is. Not a story yet. But not what great. is a story is a whole lot of red. Uh, it's, you it's, listen to something. Isn't much of a story. It's not really. There's not really a story to it. Uh, what I will say is I listened to it because I had a lull where I had finished all my podcasts and I looked real briefly on Apple Music to see what was new, and I was like, oh, well, this is number one this week. I have time. Well, I just might as well try it. I had a latte this morning. I'm hopped up. Um, so, uh, yeah, I listened to this thing kind of right before all the shit went down today. And uh, maybe colored some of it because this thing is weird. So I had, I wasn't familiar with Playboy Cardi, but he has a very strange voice. It's very abrasive, very up in a high register. very, And he really loves to do all sorts of weird technical tricks with it to make it sound even stronger more strange than it already is and yeah it's very abrasive and um 
it's another one of those examples of where you play the first track for somebody and immediately someone will be like, I don't want to listen to this at all. Yeah, probably would be your reaction, but I stuck with it. And you know what? I'm kind of happy that I did because there's a lot in here that was actually kind of surprising to me. His style is, yeah, is kind of ugly and abrasive. Uh, the content of the lyrics is also kind of ugly in a lot of places. Um, kind of misogynist. Um, at one point, he uses the R word, which I'm like, come on, man, it's 2021. You're not Eminem. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like, it's a lot. Um, so that part, not recommended. But he does, throughout this thing, have an ear for melody and for production. I think there's a lot of interesting things happening sonically on this record. And it definitely makes it stand out from other similar kind of hip hop records and other people that are kind of in that lane, whether it be your futures, your boogie with the hoodies, your, you know, et cetera, et cetera, even your Drake's. He's not really emulating anybody here. He's basically just being himself. And that's kind of rare, especially when last year at this point, at this time of the year, I was talking about how almost every one of those future soundalikes, I was just getting tired of listening to all of them. So it's good to know that somebody at least has like some sort of vision about the specific kind of niche that they want to kind of carve out for themselves. Uh, the other kind of thing uh, that's weird here is that this whole thing is executive produced by, hey, we just talked about him, Kanye West. And his kind of fingerprints are on this thing. You can occasionally tell when it's a Kanye influenced beat. He even has a verse and it was, here's the thing. It has been so long since I heard a Kanye verse in a song that's not a Kanye song that it literally took me five seconds to realize it was Kanye. Where I was like, he came in and I was like, oh, this is a different, this is a different person. Who is this? And then once he said something very Kanye, I was like, okay, this is, this is Kanye. I didn't, it's been so long that I didn't expect him. Well, he's doing that gospel music now. So yeah, this is actually kind of not that. This is kind of a return to previous Kanye except heavy on the Kanye cheese that he hasn't done in a while there's literally a line where he says my cases are so brief they bring briefcases which doesn't which barely makes sense <laughs> that's I get what he's going for but that's not how you're supposed to do it <laughs> so it's like that's the kind of Kanye you're getting um and yeah, the, the whole thing is kind of like that, where it's like, there's ideas that I really like going on in the actual beat making and the actual, like, how he chooses choruses and bridges. There's interesting stuff in the construction of the song, but it's a lot of, okay, I'm a, you know, I very rap, like gangster rap style swag, swagger kind of going on here that kind of drags the whole thing down for me, where I was like, I'm there with you technically, but I'm not with you content wise. So I wrestled with the thing. So I think it's well made, but it's not for me. But yeah, so that's Playboy Cardi. Okay. And you suggest other people don't listen to it as well. Uh, it's tough. I think that <clears throat> if you're the kind of person who lists, like, who is a fan of this style of hip hop and rap, you probably can appreciate this. Uh, but if you're not, uh, don't bother, is I guess what I'll say. This is not going to convert anybody. Okay. 
But yeah, that's and... all I listened to. Uh, that's the one new release this week. <laughs> all right. That's the one release. Yeah, okay. one release. It's relatively well, let's recent. Let's move into video games as we wrap up nice. the first episode of season six here. Uh, with a video games. No new releases yet. No new releases here either. Hold your horses. They're coming. Yeah, they'll be here. Um, Which means if you have money to spend, those deals, uh, holiday deals, wrap up, I think, this weekend. Yeah, let me tell you, winter sales, especially if you're on the PC, could lead to some strange decisions. And I'll get to that later. (laughs) All right. Uh, In the meantime, (laughs) though, we have double Nintendo stories. We do. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Partial, maybe. Uh, First up, Nintendo has announced its intention to fully acquire Luigi Mansion's three developer next-level games. Yeah. In a statement released today, the company said that Canadian developer would become a wholly-owned subsidiary, pending shareholder approval. Founded in 2002, Next Level has a long history of working with Nintendo. The company's first partnership was 2005's Super Mario Strikers for the GameCube, which was followed up by a sequel for the Wii, the console for which Next Level continued to develop games throughout the 2000s. More recently, Next Level has been most notably attached to the Luigi Mansions series, Developing 2013's Luigi Mansion Dark Moon for the 3DS in 2013 and 2019's Luigi Mansion 3 for the Switch. Yeah. Another purchase for Nintendo. And it's a smart one. It's like yeah, they it's, it's one like, that's already in the family though. Right. A developer that they already work really close with on some of their like most like storied franchises. It makes sense why they'd be like, you know what? Hey, come work with us. Plus, it gives them another U.S. studio, which is key because the Nintendo of America branch does not actually do any in-house development. They do localization and marketing. So having a team of actual development happening here in the U.S. alongside with some of their other U.S. teams, I want to say... Well, these are Canadian developers. Okay, sorry. In North America. There you go. Um, Because being in Redmond, Washington, in a way, is actually fairly close to the Canadian border, so... Um, but anyways, um, this goes uh, hand in hand with, I think, uh, some of their other North American studios, which I believe in space is an American developer that they own. Uh, so it's not their only one, but it adds adds to their uh, teams here, which is interesting. All right. I mean, we are, we are talking about companies buying up smaller companies. <laughs> yeah. Fold them into the family. So it yeah. makes sense. But it's small potatoes compared to our next story. <laughs> right, which is a bigger company trying to buy a bigger company. So this was way back in the day, for so context. Microsoft, yes, that Microsoft, has reportedly attempted to buy some of the biggest names in gaming, including the aforementioned Nintendo, to create exclusive titles for the original Xbox. <laughs> In a new report from Bloomberg, many of the people who worked on the console in the run-up to its release outlined attempts to acquire the likes of Nintendo, EA, and Square Enix. Having announced the Xbox in 2000, 
Microsoft was looking around for games for its new system and the developers who would make them. According to Bob McBrain, the then head of business development, quote, the first company we reached out to buy was EA. That offer was met with a swift, no thanks. <laughs> so Microsoft turns, turned its attention to Japanese giant Nintendo. Kevin Bacchus, director of the console's third-party relations, said, Steve Ballmer, the former Microsoft CEO, made us go meet with Nintendo to see if they would consider being acquired. <laughs> Apparently, however, that conversation did not go well. <laughs> Quote, they just laughed their asses off. <laughs> like, imagine an hour of somebody just <laughs> laughing at you. That was kind of how the meeting went. <laughs> Bloomberg's report also touched on unsuccessful attempts to purchase Square Enix, as well as Mortal, Com- Mortal Kombat developer Midway. <laughs> this is the most 2000 story, because every single company on this list was in the height of its powers at the time, more or less. Nintendo, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo had not released the GameCube yet right. or any of the DSs yet. They were still tied to the N64. But the but the but it doesn't surprise me though at the same time that even if even in a kind of relatively weak period of the company's existence, they still would have laughed at an American company trying to purchase them because that's just not how it works in Japan. Well, not just that, but this was when Microsoft didn't even have the Xbox out right. yet. They were still yes. looking to get it to get publishers behind it. Also, keep in mind, 2000 Microsoft is a much different Microsoft than it is now. 2000 Microsoft is the Microsoft that's still like buried in lawsuits, antitrust suits, over the government thinking that they were a monopoly. You could argue whether or not how much of that is still true uh, today. Some of it is. Uh, But at the time, it was a very serious thing. A lot of people thought was the case about Microsoft, is that they had been taking, like, especially during the dot-com bubble, that they were pushing smaller and smaller companies out trying to dominate the industry. And so, yeah, it was a very different time for all the studios involved. So just the balls on Microsoft to be like, yeah, like, doesn't matter. We're big enough, we can buy you. We can buy you. And they're just like, no, you can't. (laughs) For like a storied, very important developer here in in Japan. Like, we're a legacy. You don't have that. You don't have the gall. Here we are 20 years later, and who's laughing now? I mean, yeah, now Nintendo is... Well, no, I mean, like, all these players are still big giants in the industry. Except for one. I want to briefly talk about Midway, because only a handful of years later, Midway would completely dissolve. That company does not exist anymore for a reason, because it was mismanaged to death uh, before a suitor could come in and uh, swing in and buy them. So they ended up basically uh, having all of their um, assets auctioned off at the end of that story. So yeah, there was a time that Microsoft could have bought Midway. It just wasn't in 2000. It was later. Yeah, what they should have gone for was Sega right after the Dreamcast failure. <laughs> that Yeah, that's weird that you say that because Peter Moore, a executive at Sega during the Dreamcast, the one who had to make the call to pull the plug on that system, jumped to Microsoft shortly after that happened and <laughs> and led an Xbox team and was the face of Xbox through the 360 years as well. So there you go. 
There's your little history video game history lesson this week. And that's why you listen to us for interesting tidbits like that. Yeah. Every so, now and then we throw a nugget out there. Yeah. So this was kind of an I thought this was an interesting story. It's not news really, but uh, oh, in fact, I in think a slow I've heard, news week, this is very interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Especially, I think you know, I've heard retrospective of her- eight, 20 years of yeah. gaming behind us. Yeah, and it just and shows you how different companies. things are now with the Xbox brand and how much headway that they've made making Xbox matter to people from literal, literally from zero over 20 years. Um, also, just real briefly, I wanted to um, mention that I have actually heard a variation of this story about Microsoft spe- specifically buying Nintendo, but it was treated as a rumor when I heard it years ago, and now to actually see that it really, really happened makes just just makes me so happy. <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, that's uh, that's it for that one. Yeah, that's gonna be make for an interesting book someday. I wish it's yeah. not already. Okay, uh, so that comes to the <laughs> thoughts portion of video games. Yeah, did you play anything? I played a game that's three years old. I played a game that's two years old. I think. <laughs> okay, what did you play? And did you get it on sale? Uh, no, I got it as Christmas. <laughs> like I said. All uh, right. During wrap up uh, or last yes. podcast, video game Christmas was upon us. Right. Uh, and as such, I have acquired, I have been gifted. You've been gifted? Sorry. Yes. Ring Fit Adventure. Right. Yes. I really like that game. It's, it's a good. good workout. It's good. Um, barely to level two or world mm-hmm. two on it. Yeah, and I'm kind of like wanting to do it every day. Kind of look forward to doing it every day. That's good. That's the way it's supposed to do. That's the way it's supposed to work. Yes, but also like point point in contest of it being like a New Year's resolution of yeah, do a ring fit every day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Fifteen minutes on it, which you know I think is not enough to put an actual workout into anything, but to actually like get my stable body up and moving at least 15 minutes into yeah. a light sweat is a good thing. It's designed that way. Like the nice, uh, the piece by piece way that they do the, the levels in that game is designed for like do one a day. So it's like perfect for that kind of approach. Yeah, I do two, maybe three, mm-hmm. but I also see myself playing it as a video game. <laughs> trying to get every yeah. point, trying to get every power up, trying to get all the extra bonus stuff. Yeah, that's the tricky thing with that game is because the the gamer brain will want you to be like, oh well, I could do another one of these, and your body is over here being like, I can't do that right now. No, my gamer <laughs> brain is, oh no, I missed this thing, but I'm on a conveyor belt that's going backwards. Let me stop moving so I can <laughs> go back. Get it uh-huh. and then go keep yeah, going. And start doing it. So I have a question. So you're on the on the ground floor. I am on the top floor of a department. Did you leave the running mode on or did you turn it to squats? So I did running mode and I've done it both with shoes and without shoes. <laughs> I highly suggest doing it with shoes. It's a lot more comfortable. Yeah. I asked I'm also on hard, never... hardwood floors. Yeah. I've never done it. Uh, without doing the squat mode because I'm on the second floor. Yeah, second so, floor. so yeah, I was just curious about that because the squatting. Oh, I whew. hate squats, so I would not do squats. Yeah, it's exhausting. Uh, it's kind of one of the reasons why I could only do like one or two of those a day because I would just get so tired from the squats. Mm-hmm. 
the rest of the stuff fine but yeah the squats would get me every time even on that first but i level. like it it's fun it's a fun but yeah game. It's, definitely it's pick it up very very cool game uh I, from what i understand they ran off more copies of that thing so it should be easier to find than it was in oh, day, yeah. like in the summer it's definitely easy like even during the summer this past summer 2020 summer it was hard to find yeah so but hopefully somehow they got them out for a holiday season and hey yeah they were they seem to be plenty in stock like when i picked mine up i'm sorry when i picked it up when i bought it for my <laughs> wife right there were two in stock yeah yeah no it's it's a good game yeah good but, but you played a game i also played a game that is not even you recent played a, no you played a 2017 game i t- play you Older said i played I play. something from three years ago uh so Winter sales, as we mentioned, can do something to your brain. You see some prices and you're like, oh, well, I wouldn't usually buy this because it doesn't seem like something I would traditionally be into, but it's only this amount of money. And I also have this coupon that takes $10 off of that. So basically this logic led me down a path where I ended up buying an Assassin's Creed game. Um, so from what I've read, you may have bought the best one recently. So that's the thing. So I saw that this was, so Assassin's Creed Origins, which is the 2017 one. It's the game that kind of starts the current trilogy that they're on, which was Origins, Odyssey, and then last year's Valhalla. Yes. They're kind of treated as a one kind of trilogy in the series because they have a new character that's kind of going as the animus this time. And it tells its own compartmentalized story within those three games. So knowing that, plus knowing that when these games, when Origins originally came out, people were praising it for adding a loot system, changing the combat to be more like more interesting and like that it had a really good story. I was like, you know what? If I'm going to play any of these Assassin's Creed games, a series that previously I had tried and didn't like, this was the one I was going to try. And yeah. Turns out, I shocked myself with how much I'm enjoying this game. Ooh. It's pretty good. So yeah, I had avoided the Assassin's Creed franchise for a long time because every time I would try one of those Ubisoft open world games, I would bounce right off of it. When I tried uh, Far Cry 4, didn't catch me. I bounced right off of that. When I tried um, The Division, didn't work for me. That one didn't work for me either. Played it for like two weeks and then never played it again. I bought that thing for 60 bucks. Then I also like, and the Assassin's Creed franchise itself. I tried the very first Assassin's Creed way back when it came out. Didn't like it. Then I tried Assassin's Creed um, Unity, the one in the French Revolution, because my roommate at the time, uh, not you, the other one. Yes. Remember when he bought it? And it ended up in my possession. And so I tried it. And I was because I don't think he took it when he was very quick uh, when he really wanted to bolt from living there. <laughs> Remember that? Yep. <laughs> and so, yeah, I had his copy and I still do, I think, somewhere in my closet. So I tried it and I was like, nope, I don't like this at all. And so, yeah, I expected that I wasn't going to enjoy this. But yeah, turns out that the changes they made with the combat and adding a loot system and you know how much I like loot systems. Yes, I do totally changed the whole thing and it's a lot of fun so i'm having fun walking around egypt uh because that's this this one this uh, that's what origins is and it's all in ancient egypt 
Um, and yeah, it's, it's, you know, the story is interesting. The characters are interesting. There's a lot to do. I'm about 15 hours in and I'm only 30% done. And I'm kind of doing everything. I'm doing all the side missions I encounter basically by level. So like, cause it gates progress by level in this one. And so, yeah, I just, I'm just having a blast with it. I really like the world. I like the characters. I like the, how the combat feels. The stealth is okay. It, there's some times where I get hung up on things that I shouldn't or I get discovered when I shouldn't be. So that kind of is not ideal. But you're so strong with con, con, combat that you're not penalized for basically being caught pretty much ever. I've only died like twice. So yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, and I like it so much that I was like, I wonder if Odyssey is on sale too. <laughs> Turns out it was $8. So I bought Origins for $5 on Epic Game Store. And then I got Odyssey for $8. So I spent 13 total dollars on two enormous open world games. So yeah, I basically got my gaming carved out for the next like months of my life. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, I have my gaming carved out too uh, with Winfrey's Adventure, yeah. 3D Mario All Stars. And a third game, um, which are you done talking about Assassin's Creed? Yeah, that's all I wanted to say is that I've been enjoying it more than I thought I would. Okay, because I played Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Assassin's Creed 2, mm-hmm. Brotherhood, <laughs> and then Assassin's Creed 3. Yeah. And I kind of stopped there. I think a lot of people had that Unity, exact. And I couldn't get yeah. through Unity. Because, yeah, I think from there on, there's a break. I think 3 is the break for a lot of people because a lot of people did not like what 3 did. No, I liked what 3 did, though. Mm. I just didn't move on to Black Flag or Rogue yeah. and kind of went to Unity and because mm. it was on the new consoles. And Unity was kind of a broken game. Yeah, Unity was broken for a while. I heard some people really liked Syndicate, which is the one after that. Right. Um, but it was still so much in the old style of Assassin's Creed games that I was like, eh, I'm going to skip this one, too. But, but the new style you like. The new style I'm really enjoying. I think that you'd have some good times with this one too, especially Odyssey because of its setting. Like I can't wait to get out of Egypt and get into Greece because I feel like that so there's some really interesting things they could do with the uh, with mythology and the setting. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to jump into that. But I have 70% more origins to finish before I get there. So... <laughs> So, oh yeah, and it looks beautiful on my computer. It runs these games like a charm. So well, it should. These are uh, four-year-old games yeah. now. Like these cards were made to run these games practically. So yeah, it's working pretty well for me. Um, so yeah, I'm enjoying my time. Well, I'm glad you have a game that loads fine for you. Because oh boy, <laughs> do I have a game that doesn't load fine? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. So I'm talking about Marvel's Avengers for the PS4. Okay. Yeah. Holiday game, um, birthday, Christmas game, ha- was on my radar. Didn't pick it up because while I liked the beta, I wanted to see how people's reactions were to it. Everyone kind of reacted pretty poorly to it, so I just let it slip by. Yeah. Come Christmas time, hey, game's on sale, half <laughs> off. Why not? Why not? <laughs> why not? And the so, answer to why not is. <laughs> The answer to why not is, yeah, um, <laughs> goddamn these load times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, it plays like the beta did. Um, I'm enjoying <laughs> playing as the characters. 
Right. I'm kind of enjoying the story. It's kind of a mystery about why the Avengers broke up and mm-hmm. get the band back together. My main gripe is the war table and waiting between missions. It is not fluid. Yeah. It feels very much in chunks. We're going to do this chunk as this hero. This chunk as this hero. I haven't quite fully opened up the you can play any mission as any hero yet. But when you have the war table, it's like you can do any mission, but specific missions as specific heroes. It kind of butts strongly head against Mm -hmm. the single player story mission. And that's my biggest problem with it is one, the load times between each mission and two, because of such big load times, it doesn't feel fluid. In between going to the different missions, the loading screen is you're in the Quinjet hangar. That's it. (laughs) It's very boring. There's not a whole lot to do there. There just needs to be something else there to keep you active and interested. I understand that it's meant for a party system. So like as you're in your party in the hangar, you're supposed to be talking about the mission, what you need to Mm -hmm. level up other stuff objectives you're trying to do but as a single player game playing it as offline mode doesn't work that way and i think that's a big issue that i saw a lot of people take with it and i really understand the gripes with it you describing that gave me flashbacks to trying monster hunter world but i like monster (laughs) hunter world there were the, the load screens on that weren't as bad yeah, but just the but idea yeah, of having a hub world, a big party system. And yeah, feeling yeah. a disconnect between the hub and partying up just reminded me of that horror, and I was just like, "That's why I bounced so hard off of Monster Hunter too." It was like, Ugh. right. Also, each Hassle. level is supposed to be linear in a single direction mm-hmm. in the story, instead yeah. of, I mean, almost platformery mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah, but it's not. But they also kind of want it to be a semi-open world where you can. <laughs> Like, here's the line to do the mission. But if you veer off this way, you can get extra stuff. If you veer off this way, you can mm-hmm. get extra stuff. But they will all eventually converge where you need to go. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people post-release were talking about how it feels like it's almost two games kind of fighting each other. Where it seems like the one that they really wanted to make was the story, like the campaign about these specific characters and just have it be this linear experience and then the game that probably the brands wanted them to make was this open world live game thing and so that those two kind of philosophies are just at war in this thing yeah uh i i wish they would just demonstrate single player game yeah kind of like what i'm glad spider-man did right which is that is open world in new york yeah, where you can go ahead and do any mission you want, but it's still contained within a city rather than having the war table and you're dealing with flying around in the, the globe to do these different missions. Yeah. It feels like each piece of the game is its separate mission and disconnected from an overall story. Right. It just seemed like Crystal Dynamics bit off too much like more than they could chew with this thing. Oh, they definitely did. 
way above what they're they're best at. Disappointing. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed with the game. That being said, I'm still going to complain and complete it to vendors. <laughs> uh, your compulsion to complete things. I'm not okay. So yeah, this probably won't be a game that I'll platinum, but it will be a game that I will complete in story mode and then see where I go from there. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't play these new Assassin's Creeds because you'd be play you'd be playing them for like six months. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that in Hogwarts TV. Have time for that, yeah. That's what that's what the Switch is for. Yeah, I mean Odyssey is on Switch actually, weirdly enough. No, no, I know it is. <laughs> I shouldn't have told you that. Yeah, but I've been having like ever since Unity, my desire to play and kind of steep as well. But my desire to play any Ubisoft open world game <laughs> right. has very severely diminished. Well, I'll tell you this. I have not which is I, have why had... I haven't I've been debating <laughs> uh getting the Phoenix uh Immortals Phoenix yeah. game. What I will say though is that there I have not encountered very many technical issues. It seems like they've cleaned that part of the franchise up. Um yeah. That that okay. has not been an issue for me. All right. But what is an issue is that we're done with episode one. Yay! Of season six. Of season six. It's actually episode 260-something, I think, right? Something like that. That 261. This is 261. So technically, take two, season six, episode one, however yeah, you want to look at it. Something like that. Um, so thank you for joining us for this edition of the Media Both podcast. Thank you. And we will be starting a glorious new year of content just for you. Where can you catch that content, I hear you asking, through my magical speakers? Where can you, you catch that content? There it is, there it is, there it is. I knew it was somewhere. Um, you can find it on YouTube if you want to see video versions of our podcasts. Those go up on YouTube.com on our channel. Search Me- Media Boat Podcast there and you can find us. Like, subscribe, comment, and hit the bell for notifications. All that fun stuff. If you want to hear us audio only, we, you can do so on podcast feeds. Available in all sorts of places, such as Spotify, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and iHeartRadio, among others. You, that's where you can also find our year-end wrap-up specials, which just concluded, where we talked about all of the recent, or all of last year's uh, highlights and lowlights, and our top five favorites in all of our categories. So you can only find that in our audio podcast feed. You can also catch us on social media. On Twitter, we're at MediaBoatCast. Facebook, search MediaBoatPodcast to find our page. Like, comment there as well. If you want to email us questions or comments about the show, you can do so at MediaBoatPodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to see writing writing from us, MediaBoatPodcast.com is where you can find that. I think that's all of the plug. So we'll be back next week for more Media Boat Podcast. You will watch some of that Tiger Woods documentary. Uh, I will probably play some newer games. Uh, we'll watch some more TV, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention in TV, but new TV returns this week. Yes. Um, Gordon Ramsay uh, has a new road trip show. He will do um, Hell's Kitchen is back. New Bachelor is back. New episodes of This Is Us. New episodes of Good Doctor just TV, basically what was going to be the fall premieres yeah. or had started in the fall, will return. TV is back, y'all. It's Be like excited. the end of 
an end of an Avengers movie, TV will return. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yes, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week with more of what you love. So tune in. Which is us because you love us. It's true. Have a good week. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Bye.